0: Here's a quote from an article in the Vancouver Sun written by our next guest. Quote, B.C. should be hammering down the door of every federal cabinet minister to say it insists on developing its LNG resources and opening itself for business at current prices each LNG ship leaving Kitimat, will be carrying gas worth around $100 U.S. Current plans call for one ship a day. If they frustrate Shell's proposal to double LNG Canada's capacity, B.C. and Ottawa are in effect saying no to sales of $36 billion a year. The headline of this article in The Sun the other day, Why is B.C. Holding Back on LNG? The author of the piece, uh, a good friend of this show, and former Liberal candidate for Burnaby, Adam Pankratz from the Souter School of Business at UBC is back with us. Adam, good morning.
1: Good morning, Sterling. Nice to be with you.
0: Well, it's good to have you back. You talked about the resources conference up in Prince George a couple of weeks ago in which the various uh, sectors of the economy, forestry, oil, mining, hydro, all of those sorts of things were represented, the Natural Resources Forum, uh, and, of course, many government people, including the new premier, were there. LNG came up exactly zero times. What's going on?
1: Well, that's really the question of the piece. Um, it's hard to it's hard to fathom why the BC NDP is being so shy about natural resources. You know, whatever uh, political disagreements people may have had with John Horgan, he got the fact that natural resources were central to British Columbia's economy because he came from that background. And um, and the worrying signs so far are that Mr. Eby doesn't seem to understand that, or is uh, unwilling to promote BC's, you know, very uh, clean LNG to the world, even though the world is coming and banging down our door. Now, the reasons to that are anyone's guess, but you can't help but speculate that um, the way the DC NDP nomination went, where uh, there was a serious challenge um, from Angelina Apadurai, who is a climate activist, mm-hmm. that that has spooked the NDP, and uh, now they're um, backing away from a generational economic opportunity. And that's very worrying.
0: Now, they, of course, are looking at an election sometime, uh, and they've just tabled uh, the, the first EB budget. You've done a deep dive into those numbers. What did, you, what did you, anything jump off the page at you with respect to uh, the numbers and the way they were presented?
1: well it it sure did if you if you look at the details the line items for natural gas are the things that again jump off the page b c was anticipating a billion dollars of royalties or nine hundred million just just around nine hundred million of uh, royalties off of gas, and that was up to two billion and that's projected to stay above two billion um in the years to come and and if we grew that it would it would grow more and you know when you look at a budget that's got a four point two billion dollar Um, deficit well where's that money going to come from well the answer at the end of the day is that's going to come from uh, provincial revenues and royalties and natural gas lng has a massive opportunity to provide our province with the revenues we need to pay for the things we want.
0: And there's no question that the NDP, the current NDP and its predecessors, are very fond of spending. And deficit spending is not a problem. Uh, And uh, the opportunity to reduce deficit was foregone in favor of an action plan to spend a billion dollars surplus this time around, before the end of this month, actually. But in terms of long-term projections and having some basis for the spending beyond borrowing more, Uh, You would think a cash flow provided like that uh, would be uh, welcome as opposed to uh, something shunned almost.
1: Well, that's absolutely correct. Right. And if you accept the premise, as any experts now, I think, are are going to do that, we need cheap energy. Uh, we need lots of energy if we want to be a prosperous society. And that the energy transition and the move to green energy uh, is a is a fantastic goal, but it's going to take time. And that time is going to be measured in decades, mm-hmm. uh, not years. So we have an opportunity to provide decades of clean LNG. And by the way, our LNG, because it's Produce the energy used to 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 condense the gas, right? To turn it into LNG to ship it uh, across the world, is done using hydropower. Mm -hmm. We emit far fewer emissions than than other power plants uh, or than other LNG projects like in the United States. And so we've got a decade long runway here to provide the world what it wants. Japan and Germany are screaming at us to provide them with LNG, and that LNG is going to replace uh carbon fired electrical plants in asia right now and and lng uh produces you know less than half the emissions that coal does so is is lng uh, a renewable source of fuel no but it is a fantastic transition fuel as, as we move towards green energy uh, over the next decades.
0: And you also mentioned in your piece in The Sun, Adam, about uh, the, the notion of reconciliation, which is very much at play, especially with this current provincial government and the new guy in charge. How does that connect those dots
1: for us? Well, these uh, projects um, are going to necessarily need to be done in conjunction with with first Nations all around the province and all around the country mm-hmm. and let's be clear you know we're talking about the energy transition it's not just it's not just natural gas it could be mining and minerals right the new critical mineral strategy that Canada has um, there is no Opportunity for reconciliation that is larger than Canada's natural resources. These natural resources and the resource industry—they um, are a massive provider of jobs of of money to First Nations, and First Nations are are crying out for this. And uh, you know, the First Nations LNG Alliance wrote an open letter to. Uh, to david eby and, and to the government saying you know this is what you're you're holding back from us and the and the prosperity that you're holding back from our communities if you are not developing our natural resources and you know ellis roth uh speaks to this all the time mm-hmm. the, the, the opportunity and, and what this means in terms of revenues to these communities as well as jobs training and and education and it's just a uh, just a mind-blowing myth if we if we don't take advantage of this. It's a cleaner fuel. It's revenues for the province. It's opportunity for First Nations, and we we really got to h- hit the go button.
0: So, how does the the population of the province uh, nudge the government, uh, the provincial government, in that direction if they appear to be as reluctant? And I am agreeing with you. There is an enormous reluctance to move forward on this. So, how can the popular pressure be brought to bear?
1: well I mean politically i think is is how is how it is, but you know i would i would in encourage any anyone listening to make it clear to whoever their m l a or representative is that this province has a huge opportunity to to provide a cleaner source of fuel to the entire world it's going to make our province more prosperous it's going to guarantee the future success for our children and grandchildren and and for you know, First Nations and communities all around the province make that known, and uh, and if the government is not. Uh recognizing this and not making decisions that are beneficial to the province of British Columbia, well, then let's vote for another alternative because um, we've, we've got a huge opportunity and to miss it would be, would be just crazy, in my opinion.
0: Was in the Vancouver Sun just a couple of days ago. Why is BC holding back on LNG worth a Google and a read? It's thought-provoking stuff from Adam Pankratz from the Souter School of Business at UBC. Adam, thanks for joining us again. Good to have you back.
1: Always a pleasure. Thanks, darling.